Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Let us not forget that the border is a front and center issue. A legitimate problem that the Biden administration has thrust upon us. Now, one could argue that the border is always an issue. But when you have an administration that doesn't believe in borders, that is run by a progressive caucus that absolutely abhors the concept of borders and has a homeland security officer like Alejandro Mayorkas, who won't even recognize the crisis at the border. Well, you've got a trifecta of disaster. You have heard even people who didn't come across as too Trumpy, like Senator Todd Young of Indiana, say you got to build the wall. That's the answer? We've now taken this idea that was the most radical thing four and a half years ago, and it's now the centerpiece of the Republican thought. Well, why not? Medicare for all is now the centerpiece of the, of the Democratic thought. That was Bernie Sanders just being a commie. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, that's the number. 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And that's how you get in touch. Right now, the Senate Judiciary Committee is having a hearing about border security. Senator Dick Durbin, a man so aptly named, out of Illinois, he is the chair. Chuck Grassley from Iowa, at 842 years old, is the ranking member. Lindsey Graham is on this committee, a host of others. I got to assume that this is just going to be, hey, let's punch my orcas in the face time. Democrats are going to say, you're going to be fixing Trump's problems. That's what you're doing here. Let's hear what the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas has to say. Oh, he's still going? Ah, the old pump fake. So these are the two sides here. We've got Republicans saying, look what you've done, and Democrats saying, look what Trump did. The problem with the Democratic take is that it's based on the idea that people still want to hear about Trump and people still blame Trump for anything. That doesn't seem to be the case. While it is the push from the Democratic Party, it is not the reality for America. The American Party, let's call it. Americans don't see it as, oh man, that Trump. They're past it. They've moved on to the next boyfriend. But these Democrats, like Glenn Close, they can't escape it. They're boiling bunnies, baby. So you got to assume this is the way it's going to fly. Now, if I were to tune into Dick Durbin right now and he's speaking, giving his opening remarks as chairman of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, what do you think he's saying? Let's hear it. It almost seems that they would like us to return to the policies of the Trump administration, and perhaps some do. Let me remind the committee, not only were President Trump's policies often inhumane and unlawful, they also failed to secure our border and fix our badly, badly broken immigration system. Show me where it was unlawful. Separation was the law. Show me where it was unlawful. This is not, a, this is not a, a meant to be a, a, a question just thrown up into the ether. Show me where. Show me where the real issue is. The issue, as we know it, first of all, we had just tuned in. I didn't pick a, a time. I didn't, I didn't set the, what he was going to say. You knew he was talking about Trump. Because what else does Dick Durbin have to offer? Dick Durbin is the cure for sexual excitement. 
Oh, my God. Of course he's going to talk about Trump. As I said, I mean, you called it, I called it, we all called it right here. What did he do that was unlawful? What did he do that was inhumane? Follow the law? You are the Senate. You are one half of Congress. You can make the changes. So why don't you? Why haven't you? Why didn't you? Why won't you? These are the questions that should be asked of Dick Durbin. But Dick Durbin, such a magnificent and ugly partisan. He'll never look at his own issues. He'll never look at what he's doing. He'll never look at himself as the problem. And he is the problem. Well, that's a little unfair, Tony. Putting all of immigration policy on Dick Durbin, that's pretty rough. Speaker Pelosi and the Democrats could have solved this problem about family separation. They chose not to. They chose not to. Well, that's on them. That's on them. And they chose not to, so we all understand. Because what they want is the subject. What they want is the problem. What they desire is the issue. Not fixing it. They just want the issue. And that's what makes them so absolutely horrifically ugly. And as long as Dick Durbin keeps talking like this, we have no shot on the border. And the border is a mess. And the people who don't want to say so are people who don't believe in an American way of life. They believe that America is somehow bad and indecent and borders shouldn't exist. And we should collapse the system. And those people need to be pushed to the wayside because they're bad people. And that requires us standing up and saying, yep, nope. We're not going to have any of it. Well, you're just a xenophobe. Ah, shut your whole face. It's time to tell people to shut their face. Now you can do it with a smile, but it's time to tell people to shut their face. Because that's what they have to do. This whole idea of you're a xenophobe if you don't agree, this whole idea that you're a bigot if you don't think there should be an open border, tell these people just to kiss off. It's really important. It's important that we say in a rational voice, we have a border, and if we want to change immigration policy, we can. Let's go do that. What Democrats want to say is, how dare you even think about immigration policy, and we'll decide we have a border when we feel like it. Let's take it now to Dick Durbin as he continues to scream about Donald Trump. Actually fix our broken immigration system. Of course, I'm concerned about the crisis at the southern border. Every member of Congress should be. The question is, not only what happened, but what are we going to do about it? Congress, the Senate. Are we proud of our failure to pass meaningful immigration reform for the last 35 years? Congress bears responsibility for this. I've tried for many years to pass such legislation. Unfortunately, many times, some Republicans obstructed it. They filibustered the DREAM Act five separate times, and the Republican-controlled House blocked the 2013 comprehensive immigration reform that would have invested tens of billions of dollars in securing our border, something we all share. Even President Trump's acting Homeland Security Secretary, Kevin McAleenan, said that if he had passed the bill, quote, we'd be in a lot more secure on the border. This year, I convened bipartisan immigration negotiations over several months. 
we were unable to make progress. In fact, there were some who came forward and said, we have to cut legal immigration in the United States. But now we have another chance. I'm working to pass immigration reform through reconciliation, and still unresolved what that will be, but I hope it is achieved. The overwhelming majority of Americans support a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants, many of whom risk their lives to get to America and to stay You see the problem. Lives. And by the way, good on Dick Durbin to say, uh, you know, uh, we have a crisis at the border. Really appreciate that. He's going to get excoriated. But he's confusing border policy with dreamers and other things. First, you must secure the border. Then you can discuss how people come in. First, you must have rules that instate clearly we have a border. If you're not willing to do that, you're going. You're, you're putting the cart before the horse, which is exactly what they want to do. Right now, Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, he is the ranking member uh, on the Senate Judiciary Committee. He is speaking. And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter, so help me God. Yesterday on TV... Uh, if you were watching, and it was reported, but you could also see people crossing the border in violation of our laws that are passed under that Constitution. I'm asked by Iowans, Senator Grassley, what are you going to do about the crisis at the border? My usual answer is, and I hope it's not interpreted by my constituents avoiding my responsibilities, but I say we've passed all kinds of laws over the last several decades, making it illegally to enter the country unless you come here with our permission. So there's enough laws on the books, but the laws aren't being enforced. I'm glad that we're finally holding a hearing where we can discuss the unprecedented national security and humanitarian crisis the Biden administration has created at our southern border. U.S. Customs and Border Protection recently announced that it had one in seven-tenths million encounters with illegal immigrants at the southern border fiscal year 2021. That's the highest number ever recorded. It's higher than the individual populations of at least 11 states. Of that one and seven-tenths million, over one and four-tenths million encounters took place in the last eight months of fiscal year 2021, when the Biden administration was in office and congressional Dem Democrats had a majority in Congress. So, in a mere months of unified control of the federal government, the Biden administration and congressional Democrats have presided over one and four-tenths million encounters will illegal immigrants attempting to cross the southern border. That, on its own, is an astounding number. Because, under this administration, children have been retained, detained under the same conditions for which congressional Democrats loudly uh, and repeatedly criticized the previous administration Make no mistake, this crisis is a direct result of irresponsible policies, reckless policies, dangerous immigration policies pursued by the administration and by you, Secretary Mayorkas, 
and political leadership of the department, headquarters, ICE, and Customs and Border Patrol. I believe that Chuck Grassley is absolutely correct on that. I want to keep following this. What is it Mayorkas has to say? What are the questions asked of the Homeland Security Secretary? Can he answer anything other than Trump, 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 Trump? Uh, I'm betting no. Let's find out. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So right now, uh, there is a hearing on what's going on on the border. This from the Senate Judiciary Committee. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Alejandro Mayorkas, he is the Secretary of Homeland Security. He's speaking. Let's see how he can defend himself. Secretary Mayorkas, if you please stand. Do you raise your right hand? Do you affirm the testimony you're about to give before the committee will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you guide? Let the record reflect that the Secretary answered in the affirmative. Secretary Marcus, the floor is yours. Thank you, Chairman Durbin, Ranking Member Grassley, and distinguished members of this committee. Thank you for the opportunity to join you today. Every day, the 250,000 men and women of the Department of Homeland Security confront critical and complex challenges as we work to achieve our noble mission of safeguarding the American people, our homeland, and our values. The dedication and talent of our extraordinary workforce is unsurpassed, and I am privileged to serve alongside them. Our department is expansive, the third largest in the federal government, and our more than 20 agencies and offices join forces and work together to fulfill the many different responsibilities we have. From investigating, apprehending, and helping bring to justice those who heinously exploit children, to rescuing those in distress at sea. Our personnel do so much in the service of the American people. In the short time I have, I will highlight our work in the fight against terrorism, enhancing our cybersecurity, rebuilding our immigration system, bringing to safety those who supported us in war, and combating climate change. I look forward to speaking of so much more in response to your questions. First, our work in the fight against terrorism. Over the years, we have built a rigorous and multi-layered security, screening, and vetting architecture to combat the evolving terrorist threat. We remain ever vigilant in protecting our homeland from foreign terrorists seeking to do us harm while combating homegrown and domestic violent extremists who now pose the most significant and persistent terrorism-related threat facing our country. Last week, we issued our fourth National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin in line with our commitment to communicate with the American public about the evolving threat landscape facing our homeland today. Over the past nine months, we established a dedicated domestic terrorism branch within our Office of Intelligence and Analysis, launched the Center for Prevention Programs and Partnership to provide communities with evidence-based tools to prevent individuals from radicalizing to violence and redoubled our efforts to share timely and actionable information with our partners across every level of government. This year, for the first time, we designated combating domestic extremism a national priority area in our FEMA grant programs, resulting in at least $77 million being spent on capabilities to detect and protect against this threat nationwide. Second, 
As cyber threats have grown, so have our efforts to strengthen our nation's cybersecurity resilience and protect our critical infrastructure. Ransomware incidents have been on the rise, with victims paying an estimated $350 million in ransoms last year, a 311% increase over the prior year. This summer, alongside other federal partners, DHS launched StopRansomware.gov, the first whole-of-government website to combat ransomware by helping organizations of all sizes mitigate their risk and increase their resilience. Yeah, but you're not going to stop it until you actually punch a couple of Russian hackers in the face or kill them. I mean, if we're going to answer the question, right, if we're going to really be honest about the thing the, the, this doesn't matter we're spending money on this thing when i don't mind us spending money on cybersecurity. i think that it's the great bipartisan conversation what we need to be doing is saying to the russians look here's what happens every time we get hacked by a russian we're gonna go about just hurting someone probably a member of putin's family just so you know how it's gonna go we're gonna annex ukraine your move which by the way we should be clear Russia is trying to uh, do more with Ukraine. Wait for it. They have been mounting. NATO has spoken out uh, against what's happening. Russia will make their move under the belief that Biden is weak. Or they will engage the provocation to get something else out of Biden. I'm going for actually making the move, though. I have no reason to believe that they won't. So now this is really going to be about the southern border, and it should be about the southern border. Uh, Homeland Security does more than that? Fine. If it were me, I would get rid of the Homeland Security Department. I think it was a mistake to build. We can handle these things, and we should handle these things. I don't know if it needs another cabinet, and more spending, etc. Spending on defense is spending on defense. A secure border is about defense, That's so I put it in that category. And I have no problem with conversations about cyber, and we need to have more of them. However, if I could be so bold, the question before us is, do we believe that we have a border, yes or no? You can discuss people coming in through other points of entry, but what happens to the border is pure evil, and the drug trade is pure evil, and the damage done is pure evil. It must get addressed. We'll get more into what Mayorkas has to say. Oh, and wait for the questions. Senators have been getting ready for this. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. So the... Secretary of Homeland Security, his name is Alejandro Mayorkas, and he's doing just a crap-ass job. (laughs) Terrible job at the border. And that's what these hearings are all about on Capitol Hill. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. This is the Senate Judiciary Committee. And uh, Dick Durbin just got done with his questions. I wanted to share with you what Chuck Grassley had to ask. And you know there are going to be some tougher questions for Alejandro Mayorkas in the dealing of this border. Let's take it to Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa. Border crisis that uh, this administration has created. The journal made it clear that DHS is involved in these discussions. As the leader of your department, presumably you've been kept in the loop 
Were you aware of the payments uh, amounts under consideration? Ranking Member Grassley, um, the Department of Justice is leading the negotiations and litigation arising from the family separation policy of the prior administration. I am not involved in those negotiations. I must defer to the Department of Justice. My focus in leading the task force is to reunify the families uh, uh, who were separated under the prior administration. Okay. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, the White House Deputy Press Secretary and the ACLU have all uh, already offered public comments on these settlement discussions, so we, we expect you to answer questions about DHS's involvement in the case. So uh, you're saying that there's no involvement? Uh, I, am not, I am not aware of our involvement in the Federal Tort Claims Act that are being handled by the Department of Justice. Uh, my focus is on the reunification of the families, the parents who were um, okay. separated from their children. Under the Department of Defense death gratuity program, the family of a service member who dies on active duty receives a tax-free payment of $100,000. Under what circumstances is any, do you think it's appropriate for an illegal immigrant who broke our laws to receive more money from the government than the family of a fallen service member receives under that program? Ranking Member Grassley, when an individual um, sacrifices his or her life in the service of our country, wearing our nation's uniform, the family and all loved ones make that sacrifice as well. And my heart goes out to the families of those whom we have lost. Uh, I must again defer to the Department of Justice with respect to the negotiation in litigation of federal tort claims. Uh, that is not within my province. The Wall Street Journal piece it indicates that at least one of your department's attorneys complained that the illegal immigrant payout under discussion would be more than some 9-11 victims' families received under that program. Under what circumstances, if any, do you think it's appropriate for an illegal immigrant who broke our laws to receive more money from the government than any one family in the 9-11 victims? I had the... Um heartbroken honor of meeting a number of families who lost loved ones as a result of 9-11 on the 20th anniversary of that tragic day. And we are devoted to the well-being of those families. Again, Ranking Member Grassley, the resolution, the negotiation of the Federal Tort Claims Act arising from family separation is not within the jurisdiction of the Department of Homeland Security. Well. I'm not asking you to comment on ongoing negotiations or legal matters. I'm uh, uh, asking you for your opinion on when it's appropriate for an illegal immigrant to receive more money from the government than the family of 90 elected victims. Uh, I don't think you're going to answer that question, so I'm going to go on. there are approximately one and two tenths. Love this conversation about the payments. It was floated by the administration that we were going to pay people separated at the border $450,000 or up to $450,000. And then Biden was asked about it. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I never said it. That's, that's, that's some poppycock. It's malarkey. I'm assuming he said malarkey and not poppycock, but you never know. And then the next thing you know, it's the White House saying, well, no, 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 look, look, look. It might happen, but it's really the purview of the DOJ and, and not, not the president. But.
He just said they're not going to get paid. We're going to pay people for getting separated because they broke the law. And that's backwards. This is part of the conversation, part of the great conversation about how insane it all is. And this is why the Democratic Party can't get independents and moderates, because they know it's nuts. They may see border policy differently than I see border policy, but they don't think you should pay people who broke the law. But when you are a progressive and you hate the nation and you want to see it fail, it's a weird thing, but they do. They do want to see it fail. We should be clear that what what Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar, that anti-Semite, wants, what Rashida Tlaib wants, what the squad wants, is they want the nation to fail. They somehow think they can do it better than the founding fathers. I'm surprised they don't call themselves the founding mothers. You know what I mean? It would seem to me like they may they may call themselves the founding mothers. That's that's not bad, Tony. It's gonna come. It's gonna come. They're 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 gonna do it. It's gonna give me a reason to play this audio right here. A vicious mother, isn't he? All right, I'm gonna. Oh, anytime I can bring a little animal house back into the thing, spectacular. By the way, I just saw a movie about uh, Doug Kenny. Who's the guy who wrote Animal House and created National Lampoon? This tortured soul. It, it, Will Forte starred Martin Mull. It's it's spectacular. It's on Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Oh, I got to see it. A Stupid and Futile Gesture is the name of the movie. Incredible film. Incredible movie. Has to be watched. Spectacular. Meanwhile... is not how you get people to talk to you. It's not how you get votes. And it just goes to show how out of touch the Democratic Party is. But this is a progressive party. And they are totally out of touch. Except with those people who want to burn it all down. No wonder they support Black Lives Matter, the organization. Are we still getting questions from Grassley or have we moved on now? Oh, wow. 83 and spry like the morning sun. Let's hear what else Senator Grassley has to say. Administration to purposefully separate a child from the parent for the sole purpose of deterring irregular migration of others. We ended that cruel policy on day one of this administration. Thank you, Uh, Senator Grassley. I I wish I had... Are you out of your mind? You think they were just separating people for sport? That's nuts. The problem is, you're not a deterrent at all, Secretary Mayorkas. You're the one inviting people in. You're the one saying, come on down. You're the Bob Barker of Homeland Security. If you're not willing to engage a deterrent, what are you willing to do? And the answer is, you're not willing to do anything. Stop playing moral and pious. Oh, ho, ho. These questions are going to get better and better. Are we really going to listen to Diane Feinstein ask questions? There's a Feinstein. Are we really going to listen to her ask questions? We don't have to. Ah. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll hear one. I'll hear one from, from uh, the senator from California. Each day is really troubling. So what is happening? To what do you attribute this increase? And how is TSA combating this very concerning issue? Senator, it is wonderful to see you, and I am grateful for the support you have provided me throughout my enforcement uh, career. Could you speak up, please? I don't want to miss it. Um, um, I, 
just to express my gratitude nope. to you. Not doing it to you guys. Not doing it. Uh, I, I won't. I won't. Uh, you've been had such a great career. Thank you for supporting my career. Could you speak up a little, Sonny? Oh, stop it. She definitely heard him, right? Oh, clearly. Can you speak up a little? That's very comforting to the people of California and to the rest of America who realize you're in charge of things. Ay, ay, ay. I want to hear more of the questions, and you know we've been playing the the, the, the questions all day. It's it's important. It's important to hear these people uh, directly and focus. And I love being able to to share the commentary with you right 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 off the the quick. We'll have more coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Senator Lindsey Graham has taken the microphone. Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. They're speaking to the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Me, I'm Tony Katz. What did the uh, senator from South Carolina have to ask? Got on the plane. Uh, Senator, um, uh, it is our policy to... That's a simple question. How many of them were vetted before they got on the plane? Um, Out of Afghanistan? Yeah. Cannot speak to that, but it is our policy... So you can't tell us how many people were vetted before they got on the plane to come to America? Oh, I'm sorry. If you're speaking of the plane to come to America, let me, if I may, Senator, explain the process. Because we, working with our allies... Okay, here's a question. Very simple. Those that got on the plane... For America, it is our policy to... Please, please listen. Please listen to my question. I apologize. To those who got on the C-17s and other planes, how many were vetted before they got on the plane by American officials? To the United States, it is our policy to vet and screen 100% of them. So 100% of those people that got on the plane were vetted. That's your testimony under oath. It is our our policy to do so. I don't care what your policy is. I'm asking how many people were vetted before they got on the plane. Do you know the answer? Uh, Senator, if you don't know, just say I don't know. Uh, Senator, I do not know if anyone okay. uh, boarded a plane that was not fully screened and vetted. Can you tell However, me that all the can... people that got on the plane were vetted? Absolutely, I can tell you that all of the individuals before they got on the plane. If, if I may, Senator, <laughs> all of the individuals who arrived in the United States okay. have been screened and That's vetted. not, listen, I'm not, this, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm trying to ask a simple question. We've had thousands of people that got on C-17s and flew out of the most chaotic situation I've seen since the fall of Saigon. And I'm asking you, before they got on the plane, how many of them were vetted by the United States? Can you tell me what percentage? Senator, I would posit and I will confirm this, that well over 99% of them were fully screened and vetted before they boarded a flight. Okay. If, in fact, any of Where do you get that information from? May, may I, Senator? Sure. If, in fact, they were not, they were screened and vetted while I- in flight, and if any derogatory information was adduced... They were placed in immigration enforcement proceedings and uh, in removal. Now, you do know know you're under oath. Are you telling this committee under oath that 99% of the people who got on these planes in Afghanistan were vetted by our government before they got on that plane? I want to be very clear because precision... Because you're not. No, no, no. Senator, if I may, you are asking me about planes from... 
transit countries, the third countries. I'm talking about people who got on the plane in Kabul airport. States. No, I, uh, I can't speak to that. Well, that's okay, good. Uh, of the 1.7 million people who've come here illegally, how many of them have been released into the country? Um, Senator, um, I can break that down to the best of my ability. Nearly 1 million, approximately, I would say 965,000, have been subject to expulsion under Title 42 of the United States Code. Okay, that gives us how many left? I, I believe approximately 40,000 have been removed under our immigration authorities uh, that we in the Department of Okay, Home slow Security. down. Where that gets us to like 840,000 people? No, no, no. Approximately 965,000 okay. were expelled. Okay. Approximately 40,000 have been removed. Approximately 125,000 unaccompanied children have been transferred to the custody and the shelter of Health and Human Services. Um, the balance are, to the best of my knowledge, in immigration enforcement proceedings. Where so what does that leave us? How many people are still here? Of the 1.7 million, how many people are still here? I would estimate approximately 375,000 are still here. Yes. Okay. Sir. That is my best estimate. Do you believe, right, do you believe that if you have an immigration hearing and there's a final order of deportation, that person should be removed? I do. Okay. Why is one million people still here after they get a final order of deportation? Um, uh, Senator uh, Graham, as I uh, responded to... Well, is the system working? Oh, the, the immigration system is broken, has been broken... Well, let me just say this. It's really broken if a million people have been ordered to leave and they haven't left. Do you believe that the Remain in Mexico policy instituted by the Trump administration is cruel? Uh, as it was implemented, I do. Do you support permanently doing away with the Remain in Mexico policy? I do. Do you think that will increase illegal immigration if we do? Um, I do not because of the other efforts that we have underway. Thank you, Senator Graham. Senator Whitehouse. Thank you, Chairman. Holy um, crap! Secretary now let's talk about how big that moment was. You just got Alejandro Mayorkas to say that Remain in Mexico is inhumane and does no good and does not help in the battle in immigration. Yet it was the courts that said Remain in Mexico had to remain the policy. Biden has to keep this policy up. So now you've got the Secretary for Homeland Security saying of the president's policy that it's inhumane. And by the way, we should ask, what in the world is inhumane about this? The idea that you have to stay in Mexico until we know who you are? There's nothing inhumane about such a thing. What a maddening proposition. Even the asylum seeker isn't guaranteed entry. And I believe in taking in refugees. There's a difference between the refugee and the migrant. A massive difference between the refugee 
and the migrant. I believe in taking these people in. I believe in that work. But I don't believe that it means that America has to somehow forego its, its what, what, what I would say in the Yiddish, the sechel, the common sense. It doesn't forego that. Never has, never would. Someone's claiming asylum. You investigate and you find out they raped seven people. Does the asylum claim really matter? I'm glad they stayed in Mexico. That's stunning stuff, guys. Now, there's a reason we played all this, because you got to hear where these people are and just how radical their approach is and how out of touch. And this is only part of explaining exactly why Democrats are doing so poorly in the polling. Never mind the economy and a lot of other issues. We'll get into more of it tomorrow, everyone. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Take care.